that's it. That's it. It's all over. The final NHL game of 2022 has been played. Wow. Wow. What a year. What a year. Congratulations to the 2022 Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. They did it. They did it. They deserve it. Uh, they're a team that hasn't won in, I believe, it was 21 years. Yeah, couldn't. It just what a great series. And, and I can't wait to dive into it. Um, knock, knock, who's there? Oh, yes, I am a white claw. So lost the bet. Thought it was going to go to seven. So we are officially in the white cl- the white clam or uh, alpha here. So thank you for that. Got a good friend of mine. We've had him on the show before. The one, the only, my good man Jeremy will be joining us momentarily to go over this epic game in the series. Um, you know, we we did a lot of uh, stuff earlier today at the final score. What a great time that was! Shout out to Diane, incredible bartender. Uh, the crowd was rocking. I got to meet some great people over there. Uh, a couple of Daves that um, just good hockey guys. And, you know, that I was hoping to do a game seven there, but we're going to have to wait for next year for that. So right off the bat here, we got Who we got? Ah, big John. John, how are you? Uh, young team as well. Now, I'm actually kind of curious about that point, John. Uh, young team as well. So what team would you say is young here? Because I definitely want to know your take. And um, since we're talking Stanley Cup, more than happy to send you a link. And you can actually join us. And we can talk a little bit about it uh, by all means. We got, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, why don't you elaborate on that, please? Um, but let's get right into it. Let's talk to my good man, Jeremy. Um, let's get him the hell in here. The one, the hey, old. what's going on? Oh, Jeremy. Good to see you, first of all. And as you uh, are, because you're a man of respect, I'm sure you would also probably would have wanted to send out a, congr- a congratulations is in order for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, anytime that you can beat a uh, two-time champion in a row is definitely like up for congratulations. Like, on top of being a cup winner to begin with, that is for sure. You know, watching the Stanley Cup get lifted. Oh, tell me there's nothing like it. And you've got to see a cup, you know, being a Chicago Blackhawk fan. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it. You know, watching your team hoist the cup, some of your favorite players, epic moments. Like, that's something I haven't been able to experience yet. So before we dive into the game, a little bit of the, your take on that. What's that like as a fan watching your favorite team hoist the cup? You know, I can tell you what it feels like, but you don't know until the moment you actually do it. And one of these days, hopefully, Frankie, you will be able to experience that moment. I can only hope, as a, you know, being a, as a journalist side of things, as a fan side of things, I can only hope that uh, you know the Philadelphia Flyers win the Stanley Cup. But um, before I brought you in, you probably heard me a little bit of talking, uh, gentleman here, um, good friend of mine, John mentioned the young team as well, and then he mentioned Colorado. Now, I have to disagree with this because Colorado actually has had the same players for some time. I mean, they handed the cup off the players that, you know, like Johnson, 14 years. Landis Scott has been here for, um, you know, double digits. Um, so I definitely have to disagree here. Now, obviously, they have Cal McCarr, incredible talent, just won. He scored 29 points in the playoffs. Hasn't been done since the one the 
the only Bobby Orr. So I definitely got to uh, disagree with you on that one, John. But um, stay tuned. I want you to keep uh, keep keep commenting in because you do have some good takes. But they're not young. This is a veteran team. This is a team that need that, that realistically needed to win a cup because they had such good quality leadership players with some shades of young talent up and coming. Now, Cal McCarr comes in, generational talent, generational talent. Came, like, yeah, he was, we knew he was going to be good. He's got talent. But this kid just came off the map, the map. And we saw it. Oh, man, I wish the Flyers would have had him. But with that being said. Oh, uh, hold on a second. Let me throw in a little bit here. You know, my favorite hockey player right? is actually Duncan Keith, you know, being from Chicago. Oh, you want to do that now? Okay. Oh, we got a crack of over, brother. To the Stanley Cup champions, to another great year, the hell of a playoff series. All right. To the Stanley Cup champions, Colorado Avalanche. Cheers, my brother. However, I will now do you one up. To the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. Oh. So, yeah. So now my favorite hockey player is Duncan Keith. You know, obviously he is with the Oilers now. You know, he got to win the Cups with Chicago. But that was great to see a Norris Trophy winner, you know, with the Blackhawks, you know, win that trophy, you know, the MVP. But uh, seeing uh, Kale McCarr. I don't know, man. This is his third year in the league. Like, the ceiling is just through the roof at this point, you know. So, like, let's see, like, what we can get from him next year and onward. It's going to be pretty unbelievable. You know, the talent that's coming through the league right now, get ready. All these older guys, no matter how great they are, no matter how legendary they believe to be, you ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? You could have said it any better. You have these young talent coming in. And the defensive position, if that, is has just gotten such young with speed. You look at guys like Cal. You look at guys like um, Cam York with the Philadelphia Flyers. Just young talent. Now, obviously, there's a difference. I mean, look, the upside's not there for Cam York. <laughs> but Cam, you know, incredible vision. You know, got a good shot to play this past year. But, you know, Cal comes in. And literally just takes the lead by storm. And it kind of reminds me, and it just reminds me, you know, of rookie player, rookie defenseman scoring goals. You know, you saw Shane Gostaspare do that with the Philadelphia Flyers. And then we saw him literally forget how to play defense. Now, I don't see that happening with guys like Cal McCarr, but you never know. You never know. Because you can't yeah. get. Well, you always have to love the offensive minded defenseman, right? Oh, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Duncan Keith that used to put the puck in the net. Solid defenseman, definitely thought defense first, but will also give you that big, big goal when needed. Right, right. It's all about playing big time minutes to begin with as well. You know, I mean, I we'll jump into the game, we'll jump into the series, but when you looked at that third period tonight, man, did that Colorado defense really lock down? You know, there was not much that the Lightning were able to do despite them really putting their best people on the ice and really putting their best foot forward. And yeah, we can talk about injuries and you know what the lightning were missing, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Defense wins championships. And we saw that again tonight. And we saw it against the team. I mean, you guys got, you have guys like Stamkos, Kucherov, 
Hedman, great defenseman, but can still score goals. Maroon. They, Colorado, and I was talking to a buddy of mine. He was commenting in during the live feed earlier. Uh, Jesse Bell, founder of Old City Sports Network and, co- and, co- and and host, I'm sorry, of Flyers Alley. And we're talking after the first period. And, and he literally says to me, he's like, Colorado is going to take this game over. And and, and, that's, and that's exactly what happened. They put up the two goals. And then you saw a, an offensive team like Tampa Bay get three shots on that in the third period. Unheard of. What is your take on that one? That, that's yeah, not- no, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I kept watching that period, and they kept putting up the stat. Zero shots on goal, zero shots on goal, because they were locking it down. And the one thing that I can say about teams, it doesn't matter if it's in the regular season or in the playoffs, especially in the cup, when you play the chip-and-chase game, unless you're willing to play behind the net, which most teams are not really doing, especially when they're down and out of it in a game. Good point. It's just not worth doing. You're going to lose every time, especially when the momentum is not in your favor. Wow. So well said. Because you're like playing hockey for as long, you can dump that puck in. You already want to be three, four steps ahead. You already want to hit the bang, get the puck, put it in front of the net, and hopefully we get a goal. But when, like you just said, when that momentum swings – and it's the other way around. And now you're dumping that puck in. Well, now you start second-guessing things. So I speed in there. Next thing you know, you're already three seconds behind the play. Perfectly yeah. said. Perfectly said. Absolutely. So, like, let's go back a step here because I don't know what you've been doing in your podcasting world in regards to the NHL. But uh, too many men on the ice in the last game before that. Uh, the overtime win. Uh, what do you think was actually going on there? Was it the right call or wasn't it the right call? Well... <laughs> Tampa Bay had too many men on the ice. I mean, and, and they end up losing the game. Kadra comes in with a, with a huge goal, sneaks in on the defense, splits the D, comes right in, puts the puck in the net, and he's going he scores a goal. He didn't give up on the play. He didn't. Okay, give up so on the like, play. yeah. So so too many men on the ice. So you disagree with the call. So now we've seen so many bad calls made, not necessarily through the postseason, but through the regular season this year, and even with the video review. So. We should maybe discuss uh, what rules need to be changed uh, through the offseason in order to kind of make sure that uh, the right calls are made, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I really like a lot of the calls. I'm saying the calls. I, I, like, I like the rules in the NHL. I think that too many men on the ice, it's crazy how that kind of happens. It's almost like the penalty when you throw the, the, the puck in the crowd. Like it's just – you, just, you can't do that. You just got to be careful. Delay game calls are the worst. I put, um, you know, the too many men on the ice call with that right there. Discipline. You know, come on. Let's get off the ice. Uh, our good friend John, Philadelphia Flyers. It's been way too long. Congrats to Colorado. Defense wins definitely agree with that. So wins that wins uh, agrees with you on that one. Um, you're so, you, you, you saw the too many men on the ice. You almost saw it again tonight. But – it didn't happen. You saw McKinnon or Landeskog towards the end. He couldn't even put pressure on that skate to get off. You saw him just just, just, yeah. just get off the ice. Now, I'll tell you a little, bit, a little bit about that play from a hockey standpoint. When he blocked that shot, now that was actually a great block. It didn't hit – It didn't, so it didn't hit the bone. It didn't hit the ankle. It literally hit the blade. Now, with that happening and that hitting the blade, it sends a shock through his foot almost like a pins and needles to where it's it, it's so uncomfortable to stand on it 
So he just had to kind of just do the old Sammy Kapanen and get the hell off the ice. Um, but he was able to make it happen, and and look what happened with it, with with that being said. I mean, well, here's my question because I'm not a hockey player. I mean, you know this stuff more than I do. Is that you know when a hockey player is in distress, you know, and they're possibly injured, the ref can blow the whistle. Um, when a skate situation like that happens, can they blow the whistle, or is it just free game? Get off the ice. It's just get off the ice. Okay. You know when a player is in distress and it's because of an injury, and when you know there's a, when you know when there's might be a, a malfunction in a skate, a, a T blade might fall off. Um, seen it happen. The blade just falls off the skate. <laughs> the only time it ever happens is if the goalie mask comes off or if the goalie does something to stop the play. Only time. Well, so here's the interesting thing about the goalie stopping the play. So uh, here in Chicago, we had Cam Ward, and Cam Ward loved to kind of shake off his mask in like certain situations to kind of you know, get that whistle. And it's like, eh, they technically don't need to blow the whistle. You can be in a bad position for your team. Uh, no matter what that is. You got to protect the goalie, man. That mask comes off. You have to protect the goalie. So they're going to call it every time, <clears throat> but let's, um, let's dive into a little bit of this series. Okay. Let, yeah. Let's dive into this game. And once again, Jeremy, uh, thanks for, thanks for joining me, obviously on short notice. There's a, nobody would want to close up the wrap up the NHL season. Than uh, with you, my friend. Oh, anytime. Let's do it. Anytime. We get a 2 1 final, a hard ball <laughs> nose game. You know, you see you, you see players that you expect to do well. But you, you, so let's go. I'm going to hit you with the stats real quick. Okay. So here we go 30 shots on net for Colorado to 23. Obviously, that third period was huge. 47% face offs, uh, 52% for. Tampa Bay to steal those faceoffs, but sometimes doesn't matter. Here's one of my biggest takes from this game was the fact that there was only two power plays per team. Just two. Very disciplined. Very, very, very disciplined hockey was in this game. I'm sure you'll agree with that. Video replay or better training for the refs. That was a little bit of, that was a take that uh we were talking about. And there is video replay. Um we gotta get John to come on. John, you gotta join us, man. Let us know if you want to pop on. No. Well, what, what a lot of people need to understand, and I'm sure your viewers or listeners, however you want to explain it, actually do understand, is that a lot of times it goes to Toronto. And you know, it's not just the refs that are on the ice, you know. So there's so many people that are looking at these goal calls and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, I, I often question a lot of the on-ice calls. Um, and I think a lot of us do at this point, especially this season. And, you know, another thing we can get into that has nothing to do with this series whatsoever is the concept of goalie interference. You know, within the last year or two, uh, that's been a little sketchy on what exactly is goalie interference and what isn't. But uh, I'm kind of sidetracking us here. So back to the uh, series and back to the uh, cup win and, you know, this last game tonight. For sure. Even in the block shots, both 19 to pop. The hits, 37 hits for Colorado, 40 hits oh. for uh, – um, Tampa Bay, good hard-nosed fall game. This was a really close game. This may have been the closest game, um, even over the overtime games that we saw. This game was hard-nosed. The only difference is, realistically, obviously the outcome, but Colorado shutting it down on the Tampa Bay. I mean, that was the factor. Would you agree? Yeah, you know, the one thing that I saw in the third period was that in the very beginning, it seemed as though Tampa Bay was winning the faceoffs. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? You know, this team has been in these situations before and they're looking to win their third straight cup. 
they're going to even it up. At the very least, they're going to even it up. They they have that confidence about them. You know, but as time went on, it was just, again, it was that defense and the chip and chase sort of things that Tampa Bay was trying to do. It's just not going to work. You know, the defense is working really well for Colorado. They're just not going to let you enter the zone the way that you need to enter the zone to get those shots. And I was sitting there and I was waiting the entire time. What is it that you're going to do to force a power play? And they never really did it. You know, so as the period got on, it was like, eh, you know what? Colorado is going to win this game. They are going to win the cup. Congratulations. You know, you beat a team who has won two straight. You know, that might mean more than beating another team in the Stanley Cup Finals. But, hey, in the end, like, I thought Tampa Bay might have had a chance in that third period, and they just could not pull it together. And I wonder what was going on there. I, I'd, I'd be interested in your take, as in if there was line combinations or what was happening in the third period. I, I The line combinations, obviously you're going to switch a few things up, but nothing is going to take away from the, the talent that's already on this team. You can put anywhere – I mean, like they played together for so long – that's realistically also one of my takes about this team is how well they were built to win championships because of the caliber players and talent that's on here. What I think it was, I mean, uh, they we had a, we saw a hungrier team. The Colorado Avalanche yeah. were just a hungrier team, and they deserved it. There was no doubt about it. The Colorado Avalanche deserved to win the Stanley Cup. I, of course, would have loved to see the Game 7, but – you know, they may have even got them in the in the Tampa Bay Lightning's head a little bit to where it's like this team just wants it more. This team wants it more. Not to say that they're doubting, but but yeah, yo, Frank, it's Joe. I don't know why. I don't know if you don't see me, but I'm loving the white claw get up. Yo, Frank, it's Joe. Uh I believe I didn't know who that is. It's my good friend Joe. Yeah, love, thank you, appreciate that, brother. Um the old white the old white claw get you up here. Um, it was just, I mean, Colorado was a hungrier team and, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since they won a cup. So, uh, you know, well, well-deserved for, for, for that. Well, so here's the thing. So a lot of your listeners who follow you week after week, you know, I don't want to say too much because when we did a podcast the last time, boy, were we wrong about the next round. That is for sure. So, you know, like, I don't want to get too deep into it because people might not actually, uh, take on the opinions that we have consider our past history That's we're about but, nobody saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um yeah. absolutely for sure so so like yeah. let's look forward here let's look forward here so now when we are in the salary cap era for the tampa bay lightning to do what they did is pretty unbelievable you know my chicago blackhawks us winning the three cups in the period of time that we did is pretty unbelievable in itself, but for them to win two straight, potentially come and win three straight, amazing. So now I don't know what you know about the salary cap, but do you believe that they can come back next year and compete for another cup? No. No, I do not. I believe with talent they can, but I believe in the salary cap and what's gonna what's potentially gonna happen, they're uh they're gonna lose some players. Um, they're gonna they're still gonna be a talented team, great coaching, and and anytime you have a goaltender, they you know of their caliber, um, you know you're always gonna compete. 
but you're, you're going to start slowly seeing a different Tampa Bay team. Um, I don't, I'm not saying like a rebuild or anything like that, but you're going to see a different Tampa Bay team. Definitely playoffs, definitely a top tier team, but I don't think that they're going to be competing for a Stanley Cup next year. Okay, so if they're not competing for a Stanley Cup next year, who do you believe is that dark horse who's going to sneak in that we're not thinking about right now who can potentially compete for that Stanley Cup? I love that, by the way. Uh, so John, John asked this a question um, real quick. So what's the offseason looking like? Um, be a little bit more specific, and we'll come back to you, John, of what you're saying, what, what the offseason looks like on what team. Uh, but I want to get back to you, what you just said, Jeremy, that dark horse team, that dark horse team. Man, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think that really, really good question. Um, the Rangers. I think that the Rangers are a threat. I think that the Rangers are going to get, are, are going to make it. I think that I, I mark my words now. You know, Carolina also throw them into the mix. Um, obviously not dark horse because they were close, but I'd like dark. I like the Rangers to go far next uh, next year, possibly in Stanley Cup. I, I don't want to throw Carolina in there because Carolina is always in the mix. And for some reason they cannot finish. And I don't know what it is. And, you know, they've had so many different combinations that have worked for them and they just, they can't do it. You know, my thing, I know you're not a big Connor McDavid fan, but man, <laughs> is he going to be pumped up and ready next season, especially with those guys with Drossidal and with Yami Amato and, and so on to really be poised to be like, we have found out what the mistakes that we made in the playoffs last year because we are just that good to kind of correct it. They you know, and, I, and, I, and I see the same thing going on with the Calgary and, and possibly Florida. Three teams right there, all kind of similar situations. Love it 100%. Edmonton needs a goalie. Edmonton needs a goaltender. They need a better goaltender. Calgary, obviously, Markstrom's incredible. You already know how I feel about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> we can debate on that Markstrom. <laughs> they good players over in Calgary, but the 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 um the Florida Panthers uh, is is probably one of my biggest teams that I'm going to be really interested in in the offseason and what they do to enhance to the next level because that's one high powered offensive team. And they and, and the doors got blown off them. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to kind of show you how things can quickly change in the league, and this is why we love hockey, is they were talking about tonight in the broadcast how it was just a few years ago that Colorado was basically last in the league. And they pulled themselves off to, yeah, they lost in the playoffs, but playoff series after playoff series after playoff series. You know, and you look at guys that – wouldn't stick with the team, even coaches like Patrick Waugh, who basically walked away from the team in the middle of a season, or Matthew Shane, who was there, and he decided to kind of, I want out of Colorado, and he goes to, you know, Nashville, and nothing works out there in Nashville. And, you know, like, it's just stick with teams, because in the end, you never know what's going to happen. Synergy is synergy. You know, and you always have these Cinderella sort of situations of people making long playoff runs, and it might not work out that season, but once they get that groove and that flow going, you never know what's going to happen the season after that, which gives me reason to believe that there is possibility for the Blackhawks next season, and there's possibility, believe it or not, for you and the Philadelphia Flyers next season as well. 
Wow, very interesting stuff. Our good friend John checked back in and said, you love G. Obviously, I'm a big G fan. So, so what he was asking was the offseason looking like for Tampa Bay. And we kind of touched on it. We won't spend too much time. But I see with the salary cap, all the stuff that's going on, this team is not go- is going to decline a little bit. Still compete, still play at a high level. Not Stanley Cup. I'm, I, I have a, a second-round exit uh, next year from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you have, do you have any stats on your end? Probably not, but do you have any stats on your end on whose contracts are coming up in this offseason for Tampa Bay? I have not looked into that more or less. I kind of, um, but we'll have we'll do our we'll do a nice little show later on. Yeah, and and we probably we probably should. I hate to think this out loud in the middle of a live broadcast, but we should probably think about doing a draft broadcast as well. I'm 100 yep. down with that, and I have somebody that we'll bring on with us. She's uh, my partner. On the hockey team, I was telling you about Lancaster. She's an elite draft prospects. Um, she she is juniors. She is the young tons. She knows it all. We'll bring her on and get some good insight with that too. I will be ready and pumped up to go. Yep, she's incredible. She knows her stuff too. Um, we have another comment here that says, "Put back on the white claw suit." <laughs> we get a little warm. Sorry. The uh, the Frank the Tank podcast sponsored by White Claw. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> but also, with that being said, we are not endorsed by by, by White Claw whatsoever. Uh, but you never know for the future. Now, I wanted to get back to a little bit of this game before we you know we start winding, winding down. Obviously, um, you know, Colorado just shut shut the door in this game. Uh, a team that deserves the win. A team that has leaders on their team that really you know needed to solidify that Stanley Cup. Um, you know, they won the cup. They're going to have some players. They're going to have some changes. My question for you, Jeremy, is where do you see Colorado next year? I mean, they're definitely a competitor. You know, they're not going to slip down so low that they're not going to make the playoffs. But I think a lot of teams now have a lot of game footage on them. You know, and to a certain degree, it doesn't matter what team you are. The reason that it's so difficult to win time and time again in the league or in in any league, you know, at this point is that, they can look at what the competition is year after year and they can find what your patterns are and they can adjust. So it all comes down to the lineups that the other teams put into place, you know, and the perspectives that they have. So, you know, definitely Colorado does have a chance. Um, I feel that the Eastern conference is going to rise up a little bit more. You know, they've been trying to rise up for the last number of years, considering that the Western conference has had a lot of teams that have been kind of subpar but uh, definitely there's going to be a lot more competition than there was before. Well said. Well said. And I have Colorado, you know, and, and it's kind of um, the take that you just kind of brought up about, um, you know, the footage and they're going to be watching. I'm not so sure so much, you know, it's the footage aspect of it because this team has had been playing together for some time now. I just think that it's more or less like, you know, the simple things that the Colorado Avalanche did, stated position, discipline, didn't give up too many power plays, and knew when to shut it down. Key factors here, which, which won them the Stanley Cup, for sure. Yeah, so I'm not so sure that it's going to be a special team situation. You know, as Daryl Sutter always says, you know, about right. his team in, yeah, in, in, in um, Calgary, is that, you know, you don't want to pass around the puck too much. You know, you want to find your shot and you want to shoot. You know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. We probably talk about this every time in every hockey podcast because it was a Wayne Gretzky quote. Now, we always do do say the great one. We got to have a tip of our drink. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, but it's a situation of 
just kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, obviously staying out of the box and having good special teams, you know, is the start. But uh, definitely making sure you're in a position to shoot that puck or block those shots, you know, is even more so important. And with that being said, as we do, as always, every time Wayne Gretzky is mentioned, we, we cheers and we take a sip to the great one. I will double cheers. Let's do it. To the great one. To the great one. It's uh, a great quote that he came up with. So you miss a thousand percent of the shots you don't take. Incredible. Transitioning out, obviously, and, and leading towards the end of our um, our segment here. I want I want you to I want you to think about this, and I'm going to think about this too for a minute, and, we're, and maybe we can dive into it next season. Who is in the Stanley Cup final next year? What do you think? Oh, that's so difficult to talk about now. You know, I no, mean, that's hard. we saw some really good competitive teams. We saw some really good competitive teams. A uh, little shout out for you, my man with the shots. <laughs> Sorry to get it. Yeah. And we're celebrating today, guys. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine. My two teams that I have in the Stanley Cup final next year New York Rangers, Edmonton Oilers. You heard it here first. I think, I, I think that it's a possibility. I think that I think they're going to really invest. Edmonton's going to really invest in goaltending, getting some good D. Connor McDavid is just getting better and better. I really do think that they get over the hump and they get to the Stanley Cup next year. And I think the Rangers are just taking it to another level as well. Yeah. I, I mean, on, on the Western Conference end, you know, when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames, you know, they're definitely competitors. And, yeah, sure, you are going to throw in the Colorado Avalanche in there as well. Um, one team that I believe is going to be a little bit of a dark horse is going to be Minnesota, especially if uh, Marc-Andre Fleury decides to kind of re you know, sign and stay with them. You know, he's always trying to evaluate his career based on one-year contracts because of his age. But, yeah, he loved playing in Chicago, but he's not going to go back to Chicago because he knows he's not going to win that cup there. You know, he's got more of a possibility in Minnesota. So with the young talent in Minnesota, I think they're going to be one hell of a competitor themselves. You know, when it comes to that Eastern Conference, you know, Tampa Bay is not going to fall off the map completely. You know, you know Florida is going to be involved as well. You know, so, I mean, I'm not going to give you a sort of winner here and there, but there's so many teams that are going to be in, in that mix, and I think there's going to be one or two that are going to be involved to where you might have something like a Edmonton-Calgary or an Edmonton – you know, Minnesota sort of uh, conference final that like really kind of gets us all going. And, you know, the one question I can throw back to you is that we saw it this season and we actually saw it throughout the playoffs as well is this was not the year of the goalie. Do you believe next year the goalies are going to really get on track and we're going to see more of like three to one games, two to one games, especially in the postseason? Because the scoring has been outrageous this year. Really, really good question, Jeremy, and I definitely have a take for you on it, and I'm going to give you as much information as I possibly can. You're right. We, we talked about it, and we saw a couple of eight sevens, um, you know, with some great high-powered teams. Now, I'm not going to so much take away from the fact that the goaltending isn't there because we're seeing some incredible goaltending. Now, obviously, it's not the same as if we were when we were watching guys like Curtis Joseph, Dominic Hoschick, Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur. 
we're seeing more guys like, you know, like Jonathan Quick and just really good, solid goaltending. I think what it is is the talent and the offense and the finesse and players and the offense ability and, and, and these players this, these days is so enhanced that it's just getting better and better. You understand? No, yeah, I'm totally with you. And, you know, another thing I want to throw in there is Vegas is not going away. You know, now that Vegas has hired Bruce Cassidy as their head coach, you know, he is a solid coach, you know, and that team is pretty solid to begin with. And I know we joked around last time when I said, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater sort of thing, because, you know, Vegas is not used to losing. You know, in the first moment that they have that they don't make the playoffs, they fire their head coach. We're in not a rebuild mode, but we're trying to look for a different perspective. Take a deep breath. Realize that the team that they have is still a Stanley Cup caliber team. They are still a playoff team and they can very well sneak their way in there as well. And, you know, we can jump back and forth about uh the Maple Leafs as well. The Maple Leafs in the first round is basically the big rivalry, as the uh, Facebook meme always says. But you never know, you know, and, and there's so many different teams that are just fighting for that little bit of the extra edge. And that's why we love the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's why we love hockey. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. And, you know, uh, it's well said. And Toronto is one of those teams, you know, that I I'll always have a big question mark about. Um, you know, it, it, it's well said. Um, and of course, with all that being said, uh, we're, we're going to start our transition out here. Um, just so we just want to see do our post game talk, you know, big congratulations all the way around for every team this, this season. Um, hockey is a game of teamwork, passion, dedication. Um, it's the greatest, it's the greatest game ever, if you ask me. And that's my opinion. And definitely the greatest playoffs to be able to watch. There's nothing like it. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. You know, this they can't wait to talk more hockey. Obviously, with my man Jeremy. Um, you know, this ain't the last you'll be seeing us. Hockey season is officially over, but we can always talk some hockey. Uh, Jeremy, always my pleasure to have you come on and talk hockey. It, it always means a lot to me. And with that, I'll, I'll let you say a few things. Well, well, let me let me throw one last question your way. You know, as we uh, end out the Stanley Cup uh, final here. You know, if you were a uh, hockey player on that ice and you had your day with the cup, what would you do? Oh, man. Oh, man. I won the Stanley Cup, and I have the, and I have the, the, the cup for the day. You know, my day with the Stanley Cup, what would I do with it? Oh, man. Um, I oh man wow Jeremy you've never gotten me this good before brother, um, I don't I I I have to think about it. <laughs> Let's All right, it. we will ask him in the beginning of the next season. <laughs> Obviously, our our fan base on the Frank the Tank show knows that this is the last they're going to see the adventures of Frankie and Jeremy. Our next show we do. Well, again. We well, here, here's the thing for you. Uh, so all you people that are going to be viewing this podcast, you know, put into the comments, you know, what would you do if you had your day with the cup? Yeah. I'm definitely gonna put that. Like, so when I upload the show, I can ask a question to our fan base. I'm definitely going to put that in there. That's a great question. Like you really want to think about it. Um, look, at first, at first I started thinking like photos and stuff like that, but no, man, like, what would I do? What would I do? With, you know, I, I, 
I don't know. And I think and we're definitely going to talk about it. But um, So I will say this, that, uh, you know, I said Duncan Keith is my favorite hockey player, and I did have the opportunity to meet him. And right. when I had the opportunity to meet him, I asked him the question, you know, you've won three Stanley Cups. You know, every time that you've won the Cup, is it the same feeling or is it different? And it really threw him off for a minute there, but he said it is different, you know. So, you know, if you ever wonder, you know, eh, you know, does it kind of feel – a little like, eh, yeah, I won another championship. Oh, well, yeah, I won another championship sort of thing. It's just like, no, like it feels different for them every time. Really well said because you always wonder about that, especially teams that, that win uh, multiple, multiple championships. Um, with that being said, congratulations to Colorado Avalanche. Uh, final thought for you, Jeremy. What's your final thought? Huh, my, my final thought is for all of us who have not made uh, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs to hold our breath and hope the best, not only for the NHL draft that is coming up, but, oh, my God, that free agency. And I'm sure we will talk about that as well going forward. Can't wait for the free agency. My final thought is um, defense wins championships. Uh, what more can I say? Mm -hmm. uh, defense wins championships. And uh, with that being said, Another great episode of the Frank the Tank show that the season is over. We are now transitioning to the off season, which we cannot wait to talk about it. For me, Frank the Tank, always great to have my man Jeremy aboard. Guys, thank you so much for the terrific hockey season. And uh, always remember Chicago Blackhawks, Stanley Cup champions. What year? What year were you talking about? Ah, this was 2015, but I loved it. Like, razz you about uh, 2010. So. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we'll just throw with the 2010. But that being said, <laughs> let's hope for a great offseason for all of our teams all the way around. Jeremy, Frank the Tank, thank you so much, everybody. Yeah.